figure this is going to be a good one today. There is a lot of ground to cover uh, in only a four-hour span of time, unfortunately. Happy Friday, though, everyone. Yesterday, last night, was a doozy for Wisconsin sports. Your left and your right nuts. And if you don't have them, hypothetical nuts, then. Both were kicked last night. I think it's only one. Hey, RJ, good morning. What's up, brother? Well, just uh, hypothetically. Or not hypothetically, but, you know, in theory of some things. As, um, well, I guess we'll go what happened first. As... As one thing was about to unfold, another thing unfolded. Corbin Burns, thank you for your service. Thank you for winning a Cy Young Award with the Milwaukee Brewers. Uh, thank you for everything you've done. Sorry that they treated you so poorly in an arbitration case. <laughs> that kind of forced you out. Corbin Burns, the Brewers ace, is now a Baltimore Oriole. He is gone. And you get, what, D.L. Hall, a Joey Ortiz, which is an infield prospect, a D.L. Hall, a pitcher, and then a, the 34th pick in the 2024 draft. Corbin Burns, now a Baltimore Oriole. You say hello to the new Brewers. RJ, that happened. A lot of people are very mad about it. Uh, yeah, very I, upset. I don't understand it. Like, pissed. He wasn't staying. Did, we all kind of knew that Corbin Burns wasn't going to be a Milwaukee Brewer this season, right? Or maybe for half the season. Yeah, like I, I it, it's really one I just don't understand. Like why people are so upset and saying they're going to be bad and and all that. But well, um, I've seen some people even say that from here on out until Mark Adonazio sells the team, they will not lo- no longer be a Brewers fan. They're done being a Brewers fan until Mark sells the team. Okay, like have, <laughs> we've said that a lot. Have, of course, have, our have Brewers fun fandom. shopping for a new team. Uh, <laughs> we to go, go to someone's got deep pockets. Then, uh, but yeah, the Brewers. I saw a lot of people. Okay, I get it. You know, Corbin Burns. You dicked him around in the arbitration case. You pissed him off. Like he was there on Valentine's Day, and his wife was all hacked off about it. You, you said he was the reason why the Brewers missed the playoffs that year when that wasn't the, really the case. And then, you know, Burns made it pretty clear he didn't want to be a Brewer anymore. And if he was a Brewer for the whole year this year, guess what you would get for him at the end of the year? Nothing. One compensatory pick. One compensatory pick. pick. Nothing, though. What do you get for Burns now? You get two players. And the compensatory pick. And the compensatory pick. So, does it hurt? Yes. Yes. Here's the biggest question I have of all. In the history of the Milwaukee Brewers, they had probably the best arms they'd ever had. Uh, you know, in Burns and Woodruff and that span, um, and never made a World Series. They yep. had never made a World Series. That's why today, by the way, happy February 2nd. It is Groundhog's Day. Nice. Love this is perfect today because living as a Milwaukee Brewers fan is like living Groundhog's Day. Every year, you know, or every day, you know, you're not going to win the World Series. it is a perfect day as a Brewers fan for Groundhog's Day because every day you know you will not win the World Series I just can't believe that with all the talent all the arms that they had right the the batting could never really come around and meet it because what was the um, what was the issue RJ when we were younger it was always they had the batting at times but they never had the pitching yeah I mean like you could go down the list of Molitor Yount Gumby, like all the guys who were still there from like the eighties and were aging. Um Harvey's wall bangers. But like you never had yeah, you never had a pitcher. Like you had all these guys who had promise and then it was like freak injuries like sidelined everybody and you're like <laughs> what is going on here it's like why can't we have nice things why can't we just have a world series and the late 90s and early 2000s happened and some people were calling them the windmills <laughs> um, windmills they and they didn't have pitching or hitting and they were one of the worst organizations in and they weren't deep either yeah <laughs> um well okay i got a true advisor on um twitch he said that was a brutal, a brutal take on Groundhog's Day. Why is that true, advisor? I thought it was pretty clever. I thought of it this morning. I was driving in because <laughs> yeah, I, mean, I totally like the movie. I totally forgot. I totally forgot it was Groundhog's Day because everything that's happened this week, my head, head's been spinning. So it's like I thought I forgot it was Groundhog's Day. Then um, um, when I was driving in, I was listening to the radio, much like when Bill Murray does when he wakes up every day for Groundhog's Day. And I said it just came to me. I was like, oh, you know, Burns is gone. We never won a World Series when we had Burns and Woodruff and this uh, phenomenal pitching staff. You know when. When uh, Wade Miley was first go around, too, hell, you're one game away from the World Series, right, against the Dodgers. 
And then I'm like, it's Groundhog's Day. Because I wake up every day knowing that in my life, the Brewers will never win a World Series. I am totally a beaten down dog over that. Like, I, I it's it's now uh, it's Stockholm Syndrome. I, lo- <laughs> I love my captor. I love my captor in the Milwaukee Brewers, but I know I'm never going to get a World Series. I mean, search your heart of hearts. And um, then True Advisor says, um, Burns wasn't staying, but the deal doesn't match what the Brewers gave up. No, I, we, yeah, we could totally go down that road. That's a Cy Young Award winner. It's a guy that, you know, is a phenom, right? Um, I don't know. You get Joey Ortiz, who is a, a, an infielder prospect, and a left-hander in D.L. Hall in the 34th pick. Yeah. Do you ever get what you truly think you should deserve in a trade in professional sports? No. No. I mean, I mean, here, here's a little snippet from um, Milwaukee Brewers. They had fielded trade offers for Burns all winter. And then the shrinking time until spring training left some teams believing the Brewers would hold on to Corbin Burns. But then, as I have comments from Matt Arnold, I have a ton of comments from Matt Arnold. He met uh, the Brewers GM with the media yesterday. Uh, he said they didn't know they were going to trade Burns until yesterday. Then it mm-hmm. happened. So the Orioles stepped up. Well, what They won 101 games last year, and they got probably the best young core in the majors, uh, and but had some questions about the rotation, and then they sure that up with Corbin Burns. Now the question is, you look at the Milwaukee Brewers, we're going to hyper-focus on. Is is Freddie Peralta, is he a true number one? I mean, he he's going to be for the Brewers. Yeah, he's... <laughs> but is that dude going to be the guy to take us, you know? But here's the thing about the NL Central. It's wide open. The Brewers could take it. You still could have right? playoff baseball in Milwaukee. And I guess to get to a World Series, you know what you got to do, RJ? Got to make the playoffs. You do have to make the playoffs, and the Brewers can do that. that. The Brewers can do that in the NL Central. Uh, but you know, Vern's does it. Is it a bummer? Yeah. Um, yeah. It stinks. Like it's it stinks. Yeah. Once once you see it, it stinks. But to give up on the Brewers, uh, it's funny as I say that because I say they'll never win a World Series. You're not gonna Mark Anasio though. I mean, we could talk about him today. Has what kind of owner has he been? Our guy J. A. Krebs uh, a couple days ago, he had tweeted in that Mark is a top 10 owner. And we have we are in, quote, the golden era of Brewers baseball, whether you like it or not. We are in the Great golden era. So every time. Yeah. Um, now, it's different. Craig Council is now the manager of the Chicago Cubs. Burns is gone. Yeah. Woody's gone. Um, <laughs> it's But the NL Central is wide open. And then, RJ, so we had the news of Burns, which and I'll play the Arnold clips coming up. Last night, after the Burns uh, fiasco, I think around halftime, is when it started, uh, the news uh, flooded in to the Wisconsin Badgers locker room because the Badgers were up at six by 16 at halftime against the Nebraska Cornhuskers. Hell, they were even up by 18 uh, early on in the second half. Yeah. They lost. The Badgers lost in overtime to Nebraska and just a head scratcher, 80 to 72. Bucky had it right there. But the House of Horrors, I guess, in Pinnacle Bank Arena for opposing teams continues on as they are now undefeated, still undefeated, in the Big Ten. That game was the second half. Who was that Badgers team? Not a clue. Like Poor defense, turnovers left and right, uh, terrible shot selection, and just a meltdown from the Badgers. But on the flip side, Nebraska was hitting everything. Like prayers. Like it didn't even look like. I, who's uh, 13? No, who's the... The the guy that came off the bench, too, that was um, was balling for him? Uh, Mast, 51. Yeah, Mast, like, the big big boy, Mast. He's just... Just step back threes, fadeaway threes, like... From, like, beyond NBA distance, and a, then yeah, that C.J. Wilcher, who came off the bench, who was just lighting yeah. it up, five of seven from beyond the arc too uh he was you know 22 points off the bench and apparently couldn't commit no none of those guys could commit a foul in the second half yeah um yeah nebraska had what three fouls to give um in the in the waning moments of that game yeah it was eight, eight from how good aj store was in the first half well, he sat for a big portion of the second half yeah and to, to his shot at the shots at the end you're like what is going on so the badgers was it a trap game? Was it a tough game? It was a tough game. It was a tough game. That like, was a tough game. Nebraska's good. Yeah. Like, they're not bad. Like, they're a good team, well, especially at home, where they're undefeated uh, in conference play. But my God, Nebraska just put it on Wisconsin in the second half. I thought there was going to be a runaway. Like, I, I still think it shouldn't have gone to overtime because at 
like somewhere between the under 12 and the under eight. Uh, uh, well, Welch, no, what was the Wilcher? Guy? Wilcher, yeah, hit a three and they showed a replay and like the middle of his foot was on the line <laughs> and they never went back to look at it. Everything was going Nebraska's way in the second half, man. <laughs> no, that, that was, oh, the, that was first the first half. half. Yeah, that was the first half. But wow. Um, looking at Stephen Carl's stat line is pretty sad. Uh, oh, for two. Um, both, uh, what, three pointers, right? And then he had one point, and it yeah. came from a free throw. <laughs> yeah. yeah, Stephen Crowell, your big man who played thirty-seven minutes, had one point. Tyler Wall seven. Now I know the offense was, was just humming through AJ Store in the first half, and Chucky Hepburn was absolutely on fire too. Yeah, uh, for a for mm-hmm. a for a while there, but it just you had no points off the bench really. And you had the big guys not step up. I mean, I know Wall hit a couple buckets here and there, but he had no big guys step up. Um, Max Klebnik caught a little fire too, uh, but he was struggling for a lot of the game. But, you know, A.J. Storr, for as great as he was, at the end of that game, it all just unraveled. Well, the whole second half unraveled. I don't even know how to explain that loss. No. Is, was, is Nebraska, I mean, they're good. Or did Wisconsin lose that game? Wisconsin lost that game. That was you tough. Got, you got out of your what was getting you there. Um, they started making, I mean, they started the game making some stupid cross court passes and like all that. And then they settled down and, and AJ store was winning the game 10 to two. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but yeah, you started, they just started playing dumb. Like you let that get away yeah. with the combination of Nebraska just making everything, um, the, yeah, there was there okay. was nothing there to tell you that you should have lost that game. I'd like to see the percentage, you know, oh, uh, the, the, the win probability at, at halftime yeah. or when they went up by 18. Now, not to take anything away from Nebraska, but they they flashed this stat a couple times on the screen. Wisconsin, when leading by 15 or more points at halftime, 120, you know, 120, you know. One hundred and twenty, and oh, that's why I would say Wisconsin lost that game. And then Nebraska, they were one losing by fifteen. They're one in sixty something. Yeah, I I took a picture of the. the, (laughs) I took a picture. I like couldn't believe it. They flashed it up the second time. They flashed it up. I'm like, all right, I I make sure I'm ready to take a picture of this. (laughs) Apparently, I need to see this. Yeah, when trailing by fifteen plus, Nebraska since two thousand was one in sixty. Yeah. Again, your Badgers by leading fifteen or more and a half, a hundred and twenty, and oh, they lost in overtime, eighty to seventy-two. Somebody thinks this team's going to beat fourteen, fifteen. I think we can put that to bed, right? Yeah, I, I don't think anymore. Um, well, maybe when GW gets on, we can ask him. <laughs> will this team still beat the twenty fourteen fifteen team, the one that went to uh, you know beat Kentucky and then went to the championship game and unfortunately lost to Duke? He'll say yes. I. I mean, AJ Store matches season high, twenty eight points. Klesman was on fire. Chucky Hepburn was on fire for a while, but it, that just it was it's inexplainable. Uh, Greg Gard said he didn't even recognize the team in the second half. He's yeah. like, I have no idea who that team was. No. I got a ton of comments from Gardo as well. Like anybody does. But uh, our true advisor again says um, that. Uh, let's see here. He said, Thank you, RJ. That wasn't a three in the first half from that. Um, okay, good. I'm not. I'm not yeah. the crazy one here. All right. But he says it's embarrassing. To lose that lead, especially when tickets for Sunday against Purdue are going for three hundred plus. <laughs> Not anymore. Yeah, <laughs> go buy them now. Uh, I know Vagabond John when he called in, he said he was going with his, a bunch of his uh, his high school friends, and the nosebleeds yeah. were a hundred over like hundred and twenty something. Yeah. So um, yeah, Purdue's now a half game up on Wisconsin f- uh, for the Big Ten, and we'll see what happens coming up here on Sunday, and we'll have to you know get into it all. But inexplicable loss last night for the Badgers, mm-hmm. and then you couple that with Corbin Burns being traded to the Baltimore Orioles. I know, uh, you know, I, I figured it was going to happen, but once you see it, it hurts. I get it, but to say that you're going to give up on the Brewers now until Mark Adonazio sells the team, I, I don't know. If, if you'd like to call and express your opinions on it, I would more than happy uh, take your calls. Love, love to hear it at six zero eight three two one sixteen seventy. Wisconsin though shot fifty five percent in the first half. And then dipped to thirty six percent in the second half and got just sloppy with the ball. I, I there was points in that game like what? Who is this? Team? Like what yeah. are you doing? It was like back to back to back possessions where it was like somebody dribbled it off their leg and you're like, 
what? Mm-hmm. Like these are unforced turnovers. They're they're not anything Nebraska did. No, like you shot yourself in the foot, probably because you started looking ahead af- at halftime. Yeah, I mean, I, mean, I don't know what else to uh, say. Yeah. That's that's unless the, the Corbin Burns who shook everyone to their core. Yeah, which usually you're not supposed to be on your cell phone or looking at stuff at halftime. <laughs> I mean, maybe maybe somebody was like, "Hey guys, just want to let you know." Corbin's gone. And they're like, oh, and they're like, damn, dude. they're like, yeah, okay, good one. Oh damn, <laughs> I can't, I can't get it out of my mind. I gotta, I'm gonna no. play like crap now. They had, the Badgers, had, the Badgers had 16 turnovers. Here's a stat for you: the Badgers had as nearly as many turnovers, 10, as field goals, 11 after the halftime. How? 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 Huh? Yeah. It's I mean, it's it's inexplicable. And uh, Wisconsin now again got Purdue coming up. Uh, well, RJ. Other than that, how was your uh, how was your Thursday night? Crappy, <laughs> crappy. Uh, it was a really disheartening moment. Uh, t- two times yesterday, you know, it was it was sad. Yeah, see it all just unfold like that, and Corbin Burns being gone. Mm, now we got number two Purdue looming. I, now I just gotta hope the hockey teams win this weekend. Yep, or else I'm. I don't know what I'm going to do. Well, so we need a wellness check on RJ <laughs> come Sunday. Hey, Gutekunst, Brian Gutekunst, Packers GM was on the podium yesterday. He had a lot of good things to say. Yeah, I've got yeah, that too. True. Oh, there, yeah. There's a positive for you. Yeah. Uh, really looking into the long-term deal for yeah, Jordan Love. Yeah, an extension soon for Jordan Love, according to Brian Gutekunst. He uh, also says not going to be trading Jair Alexander and fully expects Aaron Jones you know, to return. Return of the Packers. You now, think he'll take another team-friendly deal? Maybe. But you think his agent's gonna love that? Probably not. But <laughs> RJ, but there's one thing we know about uh, people on a podium. They never tell the truth. But I don't think Goody was really lying about anything up there because it was all no. good news. It was all things that just made sense. Yeah, I mean you can you can always say we're gonna try to have all this stuff happen. At least it sounds good. It's not like you know, somebody in the Brewers front office who's like, Yeah, yeah. We, I mean we're gonna be in on everybody. Are you? Are you, though? Are you? Are you? I'll right, take a break here. Um, gosh, the Badgers, Brewers. Oh, man. Badger basketball. Corbin Burns and Oriole. Our pets' heads are falling off. Well, I don't know if you consider it a pet or not, um, but a groundhog did something. Hey, Mr. Essler, Dave Essler, pregame.com. Dave underscore Essler on Twitter. Dave, good morning. Good morning, my friend. I don't know how much this affects to you because you're in Florida and it's about, what, 70-some degrees, but uh, the groundhog here, Phil, in Sun Prairie, did not see his shadow. Well, Jimmy. Jimmy's the one in, you know, sorry, Puxatani Phil didn't see his shadow either. But two groundhogs, Dave, did not see their shadow. Spring's coming early, baby, here in Wisconsin. What do you think? Um, I'm, I'm glad for you to hear that. Um, we, <laughs> we see groundhogs all year long and we put out traps for them so they don't Mess up the golf course. <laughs> How's the golfing going, by the way? Um, um, yesterday was pretty good. I shot a 78, and I was reasonably happy. If it wasn't for a couple of holes that I lost my mind, it might have been a little better. But Just blame the groundhog. Know. Blame the groundhog for that one. All right. I could, I could do that. You're absolutely right. But I, I choose to take it. Take it on the chin. Take it like a man. And a baby. Um, I'm the one. That, I'm, I'm the one that effed up. Yeah, that you're an alpha male, Dave. That's why we love you, Dave. No football. We're waiting for the Super Bowl. What does Dave Essler do to prepare for the big game coming up here on the 11th? Um, well, you know, you got to think about that. I mean, anybody that looks at that line and just says, "Oh yeah, Kansas City's got to win," or you know, "Oh, the Niners are the better," you know, it's it's a it's a coin toss. So there's a lot of work involved. I, I, I'm pretty sure I know what I'm going to do. I'm pretty sure I'm going to take Kansas City in the first half. And reason being experience. I mean, the Super Bowl is just a different animal. And, you know, they're they're not even staying in Las Vegas. They're staying out in Lake Las Vegas and then getting busted in. And, and all the scrutiny and the media days and whatnot, um, you know, that's – if you've never done it or been there, I think it's a little overwhelming – and San Francisco obviously has it. You know, Kansas City has plenty of times. I mean, just the fact that, you know, they go out on the field, you know, ready to play about 30 minutes before kickoff. Mm. And, you know, all, all that time to think, um, I got to think that maybe the Chiefs have a little advantage early, so I will probably take them in the first half. And also, you know, people, 
props. People love to bet props. I mean, Hell yeah. you know, the women bet props and, you know, there's a, I don't know, a list a mile long and some of them are fairly exploitable. So I'll be going through those. Um, I've already started, but I haven't bet any. And next Friday I'll, I'll, I'll give you a, a long list of ones I think I like. And, you know, we'll include some, I'll call them quote unquote female props for the women that are going to watch it. No, I know there's women. I shouldn't say that. I know there's women that, that no football and will watch, but you know, the, the, the parties and whatnot, I, I won't be picking the Gatorade color, but we'll, we'll, we'll find a few and uh, make it fun. I, well, I already have like a, a gigantic list of Taylor Swift prop bets, Dave. Uh, here, let me ask you this one. Uh, will Taylor Swift's plane arrive uh, in time in Las Vegas? The over under set at 8 p.m. <laughs> yeah, at minus 120. <laughs> I'll say yes, but I did see something last night to where all the private jet parking spaces at, at, um, at, in, uh, Vegas airport are, are taken. Oh, but then I saw, um, but Taylor Swift doesn't need to worry. I'm thinking, well, she's got a billion bucks. She could probably build her own airport. <laughs> Why not? <laughs> I, I gotta read, I gotta read that to see what the contingency plan is. Cause you know, I mean, yeah. I think of, I think of all the money that I would have had to spend to go to the games that she went to and sit where she sat. I mean, it's just like who wakes up in the morning? Yeah, I think I'll go to the Super Bowl and sit at the fifty in a in a luxury box. They people you know? with fu money. People with fu money do that. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Hey, Dave. Well, I don't, I don't have, I don't have that kind of money. <laughs> I did, I did, make, I did, I did make money on Nebraska last night. I must admit. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, that game was. Were you were you sweating a little bit though at halftime? Well, it was funny. <clears throat> you know, you know, I have company down here. Yep. And, and uh, that company wanted to watch the game. And I don't like to watch games that I have a, a stake in. I, I just get too upset and angry. And, you know, I'll follow the score, but I'm not going to watch it. Yeah. And, then, uh, you know, when it was a blowout, I don't, you don't need to watch it. And then it got close, and I, I put it on. I said, all right, I'll turn it over. I'm going to quit whining. And and then that's when the Badgers hit a couple threes. It was probably four minutes to go, and they went up six. And so I switched it back over. I said, "Yeah, I'm not watching this." <laughs> anyway, long long story short, y'all know the outcome. And I said, "You wanted to watch it? Yeah. You, <laughs> hey, you, 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 got, you it. got money off of it, so well done, <laughs> Mister Essler." Hey, Dave. Um, yeah. I know you're grinding on you know prop bets and the Super Bowl, but you know money doesn't sleep in the other leagues. You uh, do anything in the NBA? Any picks out there for anybody if they want it? You know, you know, you usually want Nuggets. Um, yeah, and I'm and, not talking and, Denver. Just unless unless it is on the docket. Well, yes, 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 we are. Okay, there um, we go. Yeah, I took uh, I took the under uh, two twenty one in uh, Portland in the Denver Nuggets game. And I took the under one hundred five and a half uh, for the Charlotte team total uh, at Oklahoma City. Okay. Um, let me ask you: um, the Bucks are tomorrow, and uh, I don't even need to give me a pick or anything because they're going against the Mavs. But do, do you find it harder or easier to bet on the Bucks with this Doc Rivers as the new head coach, or now they're zero and two with Doc? Yeah. Do you see turmoil, and maybe you can make money off or against the Bucks or on the Bucks? Yeah, I, I, I don't get that. I mean, I know what they've done or not done since they hired him, but I thought he would be a good coach for them because he was a defensive coach, and I saw him quite a bit in Boston and and with the Clippers. So I I don't get that. I, I would just stay away from that. Yeah. My only my only caveat is now that they've 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 gone zero and two and 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 looked bad doing it that. You know, the market's going to adjust and people are going to want to go the other way. So maybe it's time to take the Bucks. Okay. Um, I, 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 do, I do think the Badgers will beat Purdue. Oh, I was going to ask Sunday. you that. Like, what do you think? Like, I know the line's not out or anything, but you think the Badgers got a bounce back game against <laughs> Purdue then? Yeah, I do. I mean, it'll probably be about a pick. I mean, you know, Purdue by a point, Wisconsin by a point, one way or the other. But, you know, I mean, you talk about the Badgers losing last night uh, at Nebraska. Well, Purdue lost by 16 at Nebraska. Yeah. So, you know, let's not get carried away. Purdue lost at Northwestern. Um, and they and they, they almost lost as like 15-point underdogs at Northwestern 
um, what Wednesday, I believe. Yeah. 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 So you know, and for me, it's a classic case of you know, the Badgers have only lost at home to Tennessee, and and people are going to say, well, the Badgers suck. You know, they blew a blew a huge lead. They're one in 120 or 120 and one, whichever way you want to look at it, when they're ahead. And you know, Purdue only has two losses, but. It's just like football. Like what you what you see this week might not be what you see next week. So you know, good throw the Badgers under the bus, and, and I think they'll probably pull that game off. Hell I mean, yeah! You know they're gonna, you know they're going to hear about it. So I I actually think Wisconsin will win someday. I love it. The blessing of Dave Esler. Uh, Dave, are you doing a little more golfing today? Probably not. Somebody that I play with is kind of sore. He said last night. Um, <laughs> you know, I, I do have about. I do probably have about 30 years on him, but, you know, um, I did keep him sober, oh, which oh. was, you know, yeah, I told him I wasn't going to bring him home. He, he ordered a double rum and coke about 11, and I said, I'm not bringing you home. If you have a lot of those, you could walk. Well, oh, oh, putting the foot down, Dave. Different kind of style well, yeah, of uh, golfing in Florida it, compared it was, to Wisconsin. It, 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 it was funny because he likes to chirp, you know, yip, 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 about everything but golf. And I'm finally about on the 12th hole. I said, you know, I, I, he's, he's telling me who's winning the PGA tournament out in Pebble Beach. I, said, I really don't care, Rowdy. I'll care about that later. Um, yeah. Right now I'm playing golf. Yeah. And, uh, but, you know, that's funny. You, you guys know it, it, it is funny. Yeah. It, was, it was fun. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, I, I like the Chiefs in the first half. Couple NBA bets, and I, I think the Badgers will win. I'll beat Purdue on Sunday, and may actually put real money on it. Love it, Dave. Hey, thanks for joining us. Always a pleasure, and uh, have fun with uh, our guy Rowdy. Give him a big old hug for us. All right. We'll do if he gets up this morning. But yeah. yes, I'll do it. That's uh, a big if. Yeah, you guys have a, have a good weekend. Go Badgers. See you, Dave. Thanks, buddy. Dave Essler. There Bye. he is. See you, bud. Corbin Burns, Brewers Cy Young Award winner, is now a Baltimore Oriole. Ace is going out east. Now what for the Brewers? In return, they got D.L. Hall. His comp, by the way, is Josh Hader. That's pretty nice. He's got an arsenal, big old fastball. And then an infield prospect in Joy Ortiz. And they also get the 34th pick in the 2024 draft. A lot of Brewers fans out there be like, man, did we get fleeced on this? Well, this is what I like about um, Matt Arnold, Brewers GM, he took to the media right away to talk about what all went down. Uh, it's a you know, breath of fresh air. Uh, by the way, GM Brian Gutekunst for the Packers spoke with the media yesterday in his end-of-the-year presser. We'll uh, get to that a little later. He had a lot of good things to say. But Matt Arnold uh, shipping out hey, Corbin Burns. You know what is the biggest uh, the biggest kick in the nuts here? When he had the pitching staff, Burns, Woodruff, Peralta, you know, Wade Miley uh, dealing in his previous stint with the Brewers, right? How did they never get to a World Series when you had the best, the best pitching staff in the majors? Like, how did you not get to a World Series? That is the part that just kicks you right in the gonads. But Arnold took to the media after Burns was traded. You know, when you saw it happen, it, it was disheartening. Did you think, though, that Burns was going to stay the entire season? You get nothing for him if he did. Uh, maybe traded away, you know, at the, at the All-Star break. But, you know, now I guess you, you jump on it, and if you believe in Matt Arnold... He said, all right, this guy, he knows what he's doing, you know, coming from the David Stearns tree. Arnold, though, um, you know, took to the media to talk about first Burns and then on the prospects and then what this rotation is going to be, you know, looking like moving forward. But he did say it was, um, it was a tough situation uh, to trade away Burns, but they felt like they had to do it. Here's Arnold. It's always tough, and I've, I've had to do this a number of times throughout my career to trade really good players. Um, I understand that. Uh, comes with some pain, and and this is not an easy decision for us. But I think the opportunity to help our major league team right now and also in the future is something that's actually really exciting for us. And then Arnold talking about, you know, says they knew they had to move on from Burns because he kind of made it clear uh, that it was going to be his last year. The, the reality of our situation is that we had one year left with, with Corbin. Uh, I think Corbin had been pretty public about how this was going to be his last year as a brewer. And so we felt like the opportunity to help our team right now with players like DL Hall, who was outstanding in the playoffs last year for the Orioles, a very young and major league ready Joey Ortiz that we like a lot. And, uh, you know, a, a late first round pick uh, is, is a very well balanced and exciting deal for us. All right. So, uh, you know, Burns, uh, a lot of talk was coming in for Burns for a while. 
if he's going to be moved, is he going to be dealt, teams checking in, you know, what can we get for him, yada, yada, yada. And it didn't happen, obviously, until yesterday. So Matt Arnold was asked, when they knew, when did you know that you're going to move on from Burns? Today? Yeah, I mean, we, we've had we've had a lot of talks uh, for uh, over the course of the offseason. Um, you never know until it's it's finally over the line, you know, and these take a lot of work uh, from our staff, from their staff. Mike Elias is great to work with. Um, and so, you know, credit to those guys for for working with us. And, um, you know, they, they do take some real time to get over the line. And, and again, we're happy with the outcome. So Burns, uh, you know, really revamped his game and he went to the Brewers pitching lab. And that's when he came out just totally electric, obviously won that Cy Young. And you're like, damn, this dude has got that stuff. And thanks to the Brewers and that pitching staff, uh, which has been really well, uh, worked really well for a lot of their pitchers. But Burns in his six years, Matt Arnold talked, you know, what exactly did Burns do for the crew in his time uh, in Milwaukee? Yeah, I mean, nothing but great stuff from our end. I mean, this guy um, did everything as as good as you could ever hope. I mean, just a, a huge credit to him uh, for everything that he's accomplished, you know, and our and our staff as well. I mean, a lot of people are involved with the success of everybody, and, and it wasn't a, a clean road, as everybody remembers. You know, it was it got off to a little bit of a rocky start and just like those other guys. And I, I look, I think we're going to potentially go through some ups and downs with young pitchers. I think that's just the course of, uh, of, of how it goes with, with young arms. But um, Corbin was, was nothing but a warrior for us. And he was tremendous in every way, pitched in huge games for us. Um, always took the ball and, and was just a winner. And, um, you know, again, thr- thrilled for him and, and his opportunity going forward and also very excited about the players we're getting back here as well. Relationship kind of soured in that arbitration meeting. When the, what Burns want, like an extra like $700,000. Brewers obviously took him to arbitration, as they do for every player. And they basically uh, said, you're one of the reasons why we didn't make the playoffs. And you're not getting your money. And that's when, you know, you could see it was maybe souring right there. Now, he was the constant professional. But you knew the writing was on the wall. But with the money, uh, GM Matt Arnold has asked if the money uh, saved on Burns will be put back into the club. We have invested in our ball club, and, and we've had incredible support from ownership to do that. Uh, it depends on the situation. Honestly, I, I think um, we've invested in guys like Reese Hoskins. Uh, we've invested in guys like Jackson Churio. And so we've always had support um, and, and the ability from, from ownership to, to do those things when at the appropriate time. And then there's this, right? Uh, you know, Willie Adamas could be shopped as well. And you thought if they were to keep Corbin Burns with a wide open NL Central, you're thinking, man, the Brewers have a really good shot at making the playoffs. Well, with Burns now out, what's your rotation looking like? Freddie Peralta, Wade Miley, Colin Ray, you got Joe Ross, uh, Ross, Aaron Ashby's working his way back from injury in this uh, new prospect or this pitcher they got in DL Hall. You know, could he crack the rotation, or is he going to be like the comp is of Josh Hader? They going to stretch him out. Well, how does it impact their chances in twenty twenty four? Here's Arnold. Absolutely, yeah. I think you're right. I mean, it, it is a, certainly a big piece of our club, but I, at the same time, I'm, I think we've added a number of pieces, including uh, Reese Hoskins, that we feel really good about. And um, I, I wouldn't at all look at this as any kind of rebuild a, at all. Uh, this is something, in fact, that we think helps us right now and helps us in the future. And so. Again, adding you know veteran players like we have, bringing back guys like Wade Miley, but also making moves like this, and then investing long term in somebody like Jackson Churio, um, I think speaks to the to the balancing act that we're trying to trying to uh, walk here. You know, with, which is help the major league team and also try to win for many years to come. So after this news broke, I saw a, a, a contingency of Brewers fans being like, I am no longer a fan of the Milwaukee Brewers until Mark Adonazio sells the team. Like, I can't do it anymore. You hold us hostage. You dangle the carrot in front of us. Uh, just, you know, it, it keep them relevant to get the money coming in. But then when it comes time to, you know, fight for a World Series, the money's not there. So I saw a lot of Brewers, not a lot, but some Brewers fans making big posts about this, that they're done. Done. No more. All right, I got Zach Halpern, our sports director, on the line. So I'm going to get to that in just one second. But, wow, uh, the stars are aligning right now because just walking in, into studio, is the one, the only. Stone Cold Intern Austin. Good morning. Wow. What's up? What's happening, dude? Not much. Yeah, Austin's in. He's to get trained up on some crap here uh, after the oh, show. Yeah. Got two weeks of classes in. That internship, yeah. baby. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Coming back from Whitewater. How's it been? 
It's been good. You know, haven't skipped any classes yet, so. You haven't skipped all class yet? Not yet. Two weeks in. Awesome. Perfect Part of the college experience is <laughs> skipping classes, dude. Come on. <laughs> uh, let's go to the phones. Uh, our guy, late in the wings, ready to make some more magic. Zach Heilprin. Good morning, Zach. Good morning. I, I don't. How can you go two weeks without skipping a class? No That's kidding, impossible. dude. Yeah, um, talk to me in another two weeks, and it'll probably be different. Like, because when I was at Whitewater, if there was like a light mist, I'd be like, ah, I don't think I can walk to class in this. <laughs> probably why I didn't okay. last there too I think, long. <laughs> I think the last year at Whitewater, I missed uh, about half of classes. Um, so, hey, still got a degree. Still got a degree, and that's what matters. Right, right up, baby. Uh, Zach, dude, okay, they flashed this uh, graphic up a couple times on the broadcast last night. I had to take a picture of it because I was just dumbfounded. Wisconsin, since the year 2000, when they're up 15 or more at halftime, they're 120-0. and 0. That changed last night. It's now 120-1. and 1. How in the – Zach, Zach, Zach. The first half, I mean, A.J. Storr uh, in Fuego, incredible. Badgers just rolling. What the hell happened in the second half? I know there's a lot of things, but what the hell happened in the second half? You can go a bunch of different ways with this, and that's a great stat, but they did the exact same thing last year. I mean, they were up 17 in the second half last year. They weren't up at halftime, but that much by halftime, but they were up by 17 in the second half last year, and then they went on a scoring drought. This one was has to be really, really frustrating for Greg Gard because they turn the ball over 16 times in the game. Their most turnovers in a game matched their most since 2019. They took some horrible shots. They only got to the foul line 12 times, which obviously leads, I should say, the horrible shots lead to that. And uh, Nebraska, a couple of Nebraska guys got hot. So it all feeds into it. But the fact that Stephen Crowell had one point, two shots, two shots one point, two shots, Never, I don't, he didn't really take it. Uh, he, he wasn't aggressive at all. They had very little from the front court. I mean, him and Tyler Wall combined for eight points. Not going to get it done. You have to be, you have to be more aggressive down low. So there's a whole bunch of different reasons for Wisconsin losing that game. Um, but it's got, it's, it's frustrating. And yet it also happened last year. Okay. Well, so, so yeah, take us down memory lane. How did it happen? Well, I don't really year? want to, I mean, that's, that was a bad. That was a bad night. Now that game was. They could not. They they didn't score for. Oh, one of those droughts. Like yeah. Yeah, it was like ten minutes or something like that, and uh, ended up losing in overtime. But this last year it was uh, Tominaga going off. He had two points last night. If you were going to tell me that he was going to have two points and Wisconsin didn't win that game, I would have called you a liar. Like that was the biggest key for me going into that one was was him, and instead they get beat by uh, Wiltshire. So. Yeah, yeah, where'd that guy come from? I guess if you're hot, you're well, hot, right? He's a really good player. He's a good player. He has been shooting it better of late, but yeah, Wisconsin choked it away. Oh, I think that's and then Mass. If we're, if we're being fair, yeah, Mass. Right? Mass was throwing up prayers too from like beyond NBA range and sinking two of them. I was like, what is going on in Nebraska? Yeah, yeah, tough, but, tough night. Okay, but uh, what like Wisconsin in the second half? It was. What they have ten turnovers to eleven field goals in the second half. Uh, the defense was suspect. The offense hooking up shots. Um, people, you know, coming at Greg Gard for that. Is that rightfully so? I mean, Garda was calling timeouts in the first half, and Nebraska tried to go on a run, and he squashed it. What happened uh, in the second half then? With uh, I mean, do you put any onus on Gard because it is his team? What's I mean? How many more times can you yell at a guy to to get the ball inside? I can guarantee you, just based on my experience. Um, of covering the team, Greg Garda guarantee you in those huddles was telling him, get the ball inside, touch the post, hit, you know, get it down low, be aggressive. And for whatever reason, they just uh, were settling. And the, obviously the, where that stands out more so than anything is at the free throw line. Right. I mean, they took, uh, they took five, three throw, free throws after halftime. I think they were, <laughs> I think uh, Nebraska went 10 for 13 in the second half. And then obviously went five for five in overtime. So, they made 15 free throws to Wisconsin's two uh, after halftime. That that is what stands out to me. And if you're not getting the free throw line and you're putting the other team on there, it's going to be really really difficult. They got uh, abused at the free throw line. I think that's that's fair to say. And Wisconsin's game, a lot of it is if your offense is going to be efficient, which Wisconsin's has been as almost as good as any offense in school history, getting the foul lines a, a big part of it. And 
play defense without fouling, and they just could not do that last night. So, Zach, um, looking at this game, is it an outlier for Wisconsin? Uh, or, you know, is it like that's a hard place to play? Because you know, we talked about last year of them, you know, losing in heartbreak fashion. Is this an outlier for the Badgers team, or is it like we're seeing cracks now in the foundation, like we see a problem moving forward? I think that the, the – I don't think they're going to play offense like that on a regular basis. Like I, I can't imagine Stephen Crowell another game where he only takes two shots, or you know, th- like those type of things just are not what Wisconsin has been. I, I don't know what you do with Stephen Crowell though, because he, there are times where he'll just like melt into his melt into the floor and, and never you won't see him for a while. He needs to he, he needs to play pissed off, and he didn't play pissed off last night. Um, that's when he's playing pissed off. He's playing aggressive, and that's what Wisconsin needs. The, the only concern for me, obviously, is is on the defensive end. I think they and and the turnovers because in games where they've lost or had some issues, those have both been the uh, the biggest thing. And the offense, I would not say, is something I'm concerned about, but defensively, being consistent, locking in, and shutting teams down has not been the forte of this team at all. Now, when we were talking um, yesterday with Purdue now coming in, uh, you said. You know, Stephen Crowell needs to play pissed off, and Garda was talking about after the game, be aggressive. And we were talking yesterday. Uh, we suggested that no one is going to stop Zach Eady for Purdue on Sunday. Could we see Zach? Maybe Stephen Crowell get the eye of the tiger, get all pissed off, and all of a sudden he's got the game of his career, and he stops the seven foot four lurch that is Eady. So, like that, it's. You would, you would wish that the matchup was not Zach Eady the next game that you're, you're you know, for, for Stephen Crowell, right? Like, it's not necessarily the one that you're going to want to bounce back against. But, yeah, I think, I mean, his his role on Sunday is going to be significant. I don't know if numbers are necessarily going to be like, oh, my God, what a bounce back for Stephen Crowell. Now, I could be wrong. He'd come out and hit a bunch, a couple of three-pointers, you know, pull Zach Eady away for the basket. But there are there are better matchups than uh, the one that Stephen Crowell is going to face on, on Sunday for a bounce back. But, yeah, like, he's again, I don't envision him ever taking only two shots in a game again. Yeah, that was really tough from Crowell. All right. Well, Zach, again, I mean, we talked about yesterday a little bit, but moving forward, do you have a, a, a worse um, feeling, I would say, maybe, against uh, Purdue Sunday here? So last night on Temple and Heilpern, we discussed whether – you were missed, by the way. You should have seen the disappointed – looks on people's faces when I walked in there and it, I was carrying the gear and you weren't. So there were some very disappointed faces. I highly so doubt that just, Zach. They were, they were, they were just excited to see you. Including Jesse Temple, including Jesse Temple. So there were some very disappointed looks on people's faces. That, I'll just say that. Um, but we discussed like, which game do you feel better about tonight? Which obviously would have been Nebraska or winning on Sunday against Purdue. And, I went with Purdue. I still think, I, I, and I still feel that way. I think Sunday's going to be electric. I think it's, there's going to be a, a ton of juice in that building. I think Wisconsin finds a way. But I, last night does not give me pause. So that last night are issues that have popped up uh, on a regular basis, but also issues that are fixable. Turnovers and defense. Those are two things that are uh, are very, very fixable here in the next, what, month and a half before the NCAA tournament starts. Yeah. So, I, I, no, last night doesn't give me pause. They, they, those are things that they've done wrong much of the year, and I in their losses. And but they've shown they can certainly clean that up. Yeah. All right, Zach. Uh, so also, you know, off the Wisconsin path here for basketball, uh, it was a, a hell of a day yesterday for Wisconsin sports, right? For uh, GMs on the podium. I guess I'll start with uh, one in Milwaukee. Um, Corbin Burns, now a Baltimore Oriole. I think of all of it, when you look at the pitching staff that the Brewers had, right, from, you know, Burns, Woodruff, you throw Peralta in there, Wade Miley in his first stint. I think the biggest question now that it's all kind of unraveling here is how the hell do they never get to a World Series? I mean, the closest you got, right, was one game away. Isn't that the biggest thing, right, with Burns is, like, you had the pitching staff, one of the best in the majors. How the hell did you not get to a World Series? Like, that's... Did you, well, I mean, did you look at their lineup when they had those guys? I mean, go back to... If you go back to 2018, they, that was not their pitching staff. They were, they, I mean, right? They yeah, were throwing yeah. uh, Luis Chassin out there as their number one. Yeah, he was the starter, yeah, and, number one. Right? And he had a great season. Not saying he didn't. But, like, Burns was out of the bullpen that year. Yeah. And, you know, so... Then they went they, to the pitching lab and revamped. If they could have married, if they could have married up what they had pitching staff wise the last couple of years with you know with what they had offensively in 2018, I think they are in a World Series. But 
yeah, it's got to be it's got to be extremely frustrating for fans. I'm sure, especially now you're look. Corbin Burns was not resigning with Milwaukee. No. And would you have been able? Would you have been able to get something better at the trade deadline? I don't. Maybe, but there's no guarantee there either, right? Yeah, um, oh, yeah. So you, you get what you the best the best you can, and you move on. I mean, he was not he was not coming back. And no. I, I mean, you can debate whether they got enough for him. I guess we'll see how it plays out. But yeah, it's obviously very very disappointing that you have two of the better pitchers that you've had maybe in franchise history and, and Woodruff and Burns and, and you really never made any kind of noise whatsoever in the postseason with them in your starting lineup. Well, I'll, tell you, I'll give you a little nugget here. The D.L. Hall, the pitcher they got back in return, his comp is Josh Hader. So, mm, ooh, so oh, all right. Well, ooh. that worked out. That worked out well the first time. What do you think? Is, what do you think his tweets look like, though? Yes, uh, hmm. I know his Instagram. Uh, he's a he's, he could fit right in with Wisconsin. He's a big duck hunter. I don't know how he feels about oh, uh, right. uh, rap lyrics or uh, right? others, but yeah, um, I have not looked at his Twitter account. I should probably do a little digging. Uh, do you remember that? Oh, I remember. I was going to say, do you, do you remember the day that that came out? Oh, I re- I remember. Oh yeah, we all went to Twitter. Yeah, was, we all went to Twitter. That was like, interesting. Yeah, that was an interesting uh, conversation in the in the sports office. I'd love to see your file one day. Hey, Zach. <laughs> But another GM, uh, Brian Gutekunst, he was glowing, gushing for the Green Bay Packers. Mm-hmm. A Jordan Love contract extension? I mean, that's the worst kept secret in the room, isn't it? Yeah, right? I mean, it's, it's going to get done at some point. They can't actually do it, I think, until May. But it's obviously, like, I can't finalize it until May. But it's it's going to get done, and he's going to be one of the highest paid quarterbacks in the league. Are you okay with that? Oh, totally. Yeah, I'm a I'm a believer in love. It, it took a little bit. Zach, I was I was butt hurt when they drafted Aaron Rodgers to replace uh, Brett Favre, just like I was hurt when uh, they drafted Jordan Love to replace Aaron Rodgers. That's just that's just how I am as a Packers fan, you know. I, I gotta, and I'm sure I'll eventually be hurt when they draft another quarterback to replace Jordan Love. You were hurt, uh, and and we're not an Aaron Rodgers fan all the way up through 2018. I think. <laughs> Uh no 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 um I I actually was anti Rodgers in the 2018 season so yeah I was pro Rodgers then I said trade Rodgers in 18 everyone called me crazy and said I was the idiot and now I did the about face and now everyone's calling me an idiot for uh you know backing a guy that just is one of the greatest ever do it so I don't know and then yeah obviously Jordan Love. The way he played down the stretch, I was like, I know it doesn't really matter. It's the Pro Bowl, but how's Geno Smith at the Pro Bowl and, and Jordan Love is not? Well, how's Jordan Love feel about playing dodgeball? I mean, I think he'd probably be okay with it. <laughs> I mean, he'd be all right with it. He'd be just fine with doing it. No, uh, I just you look at the contract and how 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 it sets up and how uh, you're able to build the team around him because you're you just got done paying quarterback money, right? Like yeah. with with Rodgers and and how it affects your ability to build a team around the guy. That that is obviously going to change a little bit, but the fact is, all their young guys that contributed this year on offense, they're all on rookie contracts for the next few years. So it's not like you uh, have to pay a bunch of them at this point, and that certainly is going to uh, help out when you're you're paying your quarterback yeah. big time money. And the other thing from Goody, uh, you know, talking about Aaron Jones sticking around, which you know, obviously, I mean, that guy's a he's he's phenomenal. But then he was adamant, and let me ask you this: he's adamant that they were not going to trade Jair Alexander. Zach, when you get mm-hmm. a guy in a suit on a podium, they're usually always lying. But I don't see why they would move on from Jair. Um, he did have a kind of a cryptic Instagram post a couple of weeks ago thanking you right. know, Green Bay and the fans. But, I mean, yep. I mean, obviously we don't know. But does your gut tell you Jair sticking around for the Green Bay Packers? Of the general managers that say something and actually follow through with it, Brian Gukins is probably at the top of the list, right? I mean, throughout the Aaron Rodgers stuff, was never was like the seasons where they said they were going to trade him, they were never going to trade him, and they and they never did. Like there were people that thought he would never play for them again uh, after you know coming back from in twenty one. Like there were he's not he's not coming back. He's not going to do it. And and Gutekunst did not move off it whatsoever and, and kept him and and then moved him when it was something that was going to be good for the team. Yeah. I, I I don't think Jair is going anywhere unless he just becomes a huge big time malcontent. And I guess that's certainly a possibility. He feels like a little bit of a dude that. He's going to do whatever is is on his mind in a single in a, in a particular day, but I think he's with the Packers next year, and they certainly need him because I don't know that that cornerback room, at least as it looks right now, is something that you would want to go into uh, the playoffs with or a, yeah. a, a really good, you know, trying to stop some of the offenses they are. It, it, 
young guys for sure, right? Carrington Valentine and, and company. But yeah, Jaw is one that obviously is the all star there or the uh, the all pro there. Yeah, just be careful when you're naming captains to include him next time with, if you're on the floor. <laughs> hey Zach, thanks for your time, man. We appreciate it. Um, Jesse or uh, Temple and Heilprin out from last night, so go consume that. Uh, new swing coming up at all? Yeah, we'll have a new swing coming Monday after the Purdue game, and we'll see if they can get that one because they need it. All right, they buddy. And, uh, hey, by the way, uh, in your neck of the woods, the groundhog, Jimmy, there in Sun Prairie, did not see his shadow. So early you know spring, Zach. You know I was out there this morning. Obviously, I take in all this big Sun Prairie. Then. Yeah, that's the most scientific thing you'll ever get is a groundhog <laughs> and a shadow, baby. So we'll enjoy the early spring. Zach, we enjoyed your time with yep. you. Thanks, buddy. Appreciate it. All right. So Austin, What's Stone up? Cold intern Austin. Yep. Be a, his internship continues on a little bit here as he comes back from Whitewater, UW Whitewater. Boning him up, teach a couple things here after the show. How's Whitewater been? I mean, been it's good? been good. Yeah. yeah. Is it still uh, everyone leaves on Thursday? I guess you're here on Friday, so. Uh, I, well, I was here, so. Big party night Thursday night. I was there last night, yep. Uh, did you guys get it going? Some yeah, water. Well, water a, lot, a lot of water consumed. Water pong. Yeah, that's good. Mm-hmm. Hey, speaking of water, David Bakhtiari, <laughs> you see this? What? You ever heard of a water fast? Yeah, not the wink wink yeah, water. Yeah, I did see well, that. the water fast. Yes. Yeah, David Bakhtiari did a three day water fast. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of people like trying to like make fun of it. Um, you don't understand the health benefits of it. But David Bakhtiari did a water fast, three days. He says, challenging, overall pleasant journey, though, recommended for anyone willing to accept the challenge. You feel better mentally, physically, and emotionally. And you definitely uh, get a, a higher sense of gratitude. I know, uh, I think Russell Okung did it for like 40 days, and the dude lost like 100-some pounds. That's yeah, crazy. but it's actually really good, the water fast, for inflammation. And what do we know about David Bakhtiari? And then Nia has Austin. That it's baby's been inflamed. <laughs> it's not great. <laughs> not great. So uh, people are asking, joking around too, like, are you going to do a darkness retreat next, like Aaron Rodgers did? And Bach said, no, I'm good on that. I don't know. David Bakhtiari, though, what the hell is this guy going to do moving forward with the Green Bay Packers? If he still is injured, he can have a medical hardship and still gets paid money. If he's healthy, though, he could play or B, you could trade him. I think him. he's gone, in kind my of- opinion. I kind of hope so. I mean, that's a yeah. lot of money, dude. Uh, Brian Gutekunst on the podium yesterday. Uh, he was more fielding questions about, you know, speaking of money, Jordan Love. Uh, Jordan Love, the worst kept secret in the room. Dude's going to be getting a nice little contract extension. Yeah, he'll as, be getting paid. As he should. Uh, here's mm-hmm. a little Q&A um, from his presser yesterday of Goody. He was asked about, you know, did Jordan Love establish himself as the quarterback for the Jordan, future? Uh, yeah, a really good season toward you, especially the second half. And I think we're really excited to build around him. Well, what impressed you most about him? That's a good question. Um, I think that uh, I think just the way he led our football team, you know, through the tough times, through the success, um, all the challenges that a season you know kind of brings you. He just he did a really good job kind of leading those guys. And I think for a young player in his first year that's trying to figure it all out to be able to do that was uh, exceptional. I think that's um, you know a testament to this to Matt LaFleur too for a young team to hold it together when you're sitting at what two and five people talking about tanking the season get a better draft pick uh, but that locker room never broke and then you really saw it uh, come together during and a little uh, during and then after the Steelers game is when LaFleur started opening up the offense a little more and you see Jordan Love really had it and Gutekunst was asked to what you know what caused the sudden shift of improvement for Love in the second half yeah I think uh, part of it's just the reps right uh, we've talked about, you know, through the last couple of years, just how much he needed to play, uh, Jordan particularly. But obviously we had a lot of other players that needed to play as well. And I think the more that they played, um, the more comfortable they got. And I think there was a little bit of a shift somewhere in the middle there where we just started focusing on getting better uh, and maybe not focusing on the results quite as much as, as maybe we were. And just they, let's just get better from, from day to day, from week to week. Um, and when, when I started to see that, I kind of I saw the results coming. And then the big question in the room, will you sign up to that long-term deal? Yeah, you know, I think we'll, we'll, we'll go down that road. You know, I think um, certainly I think that'll be important for our football team to have some stability there. Um, you know, Jordan and his rep- representation, I think they, you know, they're really good people, so we'll start working towards that you know, sometime this um, next couple months. So, Austin. Yes. One of the things this season, and obviously uh, Jordan Love, you know, 
look looks to be the part. Mm-hmm. But it was against that Carolina Panthers team where uh, Gutekunst now takes a little shift in his presser when Jair Alexander. Yeah. Hey, man. He did. <laughs> <Don't> you, <laughs> hey, man, don't you know I'm from Carolina? <laughs> I'm going to make myself captain, man. <laughs> and he made himself an honorary captain. I was good. And then... For the kickoff, he just tried it out there. Uh, yeah. For the coin toss, I mean, he tried he it almost, out there. He almost messed it up. And instead of saying they want to defer, <laughs> hey, man, <laughs> we want the bomb. <laughs> like, they're just like, what? <laughs> yeah, you know, the bomb, man. <laughs> and they're like, do you mean you want to defer? <laughs> yeah, man. <laughs> and then he almost got, Matt Lover was pissed, right? Yeah. Suspended him a game. And then what happened? There was a closed door meeting with Lafleur and Brian Gutekunst. Jair came back with like the tail tucked between his legs. Hey man, say about that man. That's my bad man. And then yeah. And then he said the relationship grew after that. Well, Gutekunst was asked about the relationship between Jair Alexander uh, and the team. Yeah, those those things are difficult um, and those are tough. But at the end of the day, you know, I think um, it allowed us all to kind of reset. And I think um, you know, really, really proud of the way Jair responded to that and uh, I really think that's going to help us moving forward. Is there any consideration to trading him? No. No. Goody Coots? Goody? No. Not trading him. No. And why would you? That dude's a beast when he's healthy. Yeah. Just, you know, maybe maybe throw him a bone next season, make him honorary captain somewhere online. You know, <laughs> let, him, let him be a captain, okay? And then one of the biggest issues uh, the Packers had, and we saw it obviously when they flamed out against the Niners, was this guy named Anders Carlson. Yeah. Your thoughts on kickers? Um. Well, he wasn't great. <laughs> <laughs> in fact, he missed the most of all kickers in the yeah. NFL. Yeah. And he missed that big one against the Niners. Um, Gutekunst was asked about it. You know, as Carlson struggling, did they consider signing another kicker late in the season? Yeah, I mean, we obviously work kickers out all the time. But, um, you know, as we went through um, the course of the season, we were kind of committed to, you know, going through the ups and downs. A lot of young rookie kickers go through. Um, certainly what, what he went through was not anything different than what a lot of guys do. Um, I think as we got towards the end of the season and and we were headed towards um, the playoffs and had an opportunity to be in the playoffs certainly something that you know is there you know if there had to be a if there was a veteran option out there that would have been really good and we we would maybe considered it but um there wasn't he was the best option by far we're really excited about where he's going if rob reichel which i know heard that robbie was very adamant there are many better options out there on the street. Uh, he named Mason Crosby, Robbie Gold. Uh, He's like, this guy, Anders Carlson, will cost us. And, well, you could kind of pinpoint to that field goal and be like, that was one of the reasons. Kind of costed us. It kind of did. Kind of did. Uh, we'll do two more, but on the uh, one where the conversation first started, but first on Aaron Jones. Uh, will Aaron Jones be back next season? Uh, yeah, absolutely. I think we'd love to have Aaron back. We're still kind of putting all those things together as far as how we're going to move forward. But, I mean... Um, he was such a difference maker uh, when he was out there this year. Um, the way our offense was able to move, um, uh, the way he, um, I mean, just he changed a lot of the way we, we operated when he was in there and when he was healthy. I think for us is uh, finding a way to keep him out there and keep him healthy. Um, but he was, um, you know, not only on the field, but just, and you guys know this, um, you guys that have been around here, I mean, he's such an influential leader in our locker room, and um, he's just really kind of the heartbeat of, of our team. So um, we're certainly, that's, that's kind of the anticipation is that he'll be back. The no-brainer is Aaron Jones is on your team moving forward. That's, yeah. that's literally I mean, the no-brainer. Did you, he had 100 yards the last five games of the year. Yeah, did you not see? Yeah, kind of. The production. Know, won us quite a few games there. Yeah, the dude's a beast. And Austin, <laughs> when we first started this, uh, we were talking about the water fast. With David Bakhtiari, what to do with Bach? Would you ever do a water fast? I don't think I could survive, survive a water fast. To be honest, well, we're trying to put meat on your obviously bones. Obviously, I would survive, but yeah, we're trying to I put meat on Austin's bones. You still yeah. in the weight room? I, I got a. Lo- I, I did. Right a boy. I have leg day yesterday. Leg day. Don't, yeah. don't skip the leg days. Nope. What do you What do you bench in these days? Uh, I think my max was one sixty five. Okay, we'll get you. We'll get you that two twenty five club sooner than later. Yeah. Right? We'll yeah. get you. Dead. That's the goal. We'll get you benching 225. Yep. We'll get you squatting 305. And then we'll get you deadlifts in 405. Uh, no, 315. And we'll get you benching or uh, deadlifts in 405. Okay. All right. Yeah. 1,000 pound club. 225 bench. <laughs> okay. Okay. 315 squat. Yep. 405 deadlift. That's all it takes. It's it's going to take some time. Yep. But eat your protein. But David Bakhtiari, Gudekutz <laughs> uh, has asked, you know, what are they going to decide on the future of Bach? Yeah, again, we're still at the very beginning stages of looking at, you know, how we're going to move forward with all that. Um, obviously, David's been through a really rough stretch with the injury stuff, and he's, been, he's going through a very major 
um, surgery, uh, trying to get back to be able to play. So we're monitoring that. I know he's working his tail off, and um, you know we'll kind of once we get down the road and see where he's at, you know, health wise, um, we'll kind of make those decisions. So my wife told me uh, the other day, Austin, because I'm going to Mexico next Friday. Really? Oh yeah, I'm going to Mexico for how long? Uh, the ninth to the thirteenth. Nice. So I'll be there for the Super Bowl. Oh. But she said that she wanted to do a fast before we went to Mexico. <laughs> I was, really? I like, we just got out of dry January, wink, wink, and you want me to fast before I go party my ass off in Mexico? I think, if anything, it should be the opposite. You should be yeah, pounding, pounding I don't necessarily liquor. I think that's the greatest idea. Should, I should be preparing my yeah. body for this, not, not depleting it. Yeah. What's going on?